from the rising of the sun to its setting. Let the name of the Lord Jesus be praised. Amen? Amen. Amen. Before I start the sermon, I've been asked to read an edict from the Cardinal regarding St. Cyril. Brothers and sisters in Christ, from this day forward, all clergy who vest and serve at the altar of St. Cyril of Alexandria are required to have gray hair and a beard. <laughs> yeah. No hair or a combination thereof is also acceptable. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I am Deacon Bob Angelich, and I currently minister at the Holy Cross Franciscan Retreat Center in Mesilla, New Mexico. After 18 months, it is an absolute blessing to be back here at St. Cyril. And although I was ordained in the Gary, Indiana Diocese some 20 years ago, I have always considered St. Cyril my home parish. And being here today also gives me the opportunity to publicly acknowledge Father Scott's retirement after 46 years of dedicated service to the Lord. Big amen for him. So I want to share a personal story with you today. The story starts on Friday, September 30th of 2022, when I flew into Chicago. The plan was to visit family Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, I was to join a tour group and travel to Israel for a 10-day tour of the Holy Land. Friday and Saturday, I felt very good, very excited to go to Israel. On Sunday, the day of departure, I woke up and I didn't feel so good. I was tired, I was lethargic, I had the chills. But I got myself ready, I packed up and I ate, cleaned up. And I walked over to the International Terminal E at O'Hare where the group was to meet. And by now a few hours had passed. And I noticed that the Tylenol I took first thing in the morning was not helping. So I planned to take more Tylenol on the plane and then sleep the 15 hours to Tel Aviv. But as more time passed, I didn't know what was happening, but I did know I was getting worse. So I made a decision not to get on that airplane. Monday I flew home to New Mexico. To be honest, I don't remember much of that Monday or Tuesday. I did know I was in a downward spiral. I woke up Wednesday and I felt so bad that I called my brother who also lives in New Mexico and asked him to come take me to the ER. When I got into his vehicle, I looked at him and I said, I think I'm dying. Now I'm not a hypochondriac. I'm not a negative person. I wasn't speaking figuratively. I wasn't trying to be dramatic. I felt I was being truthful. Credit to the Memorial Hospital in Las Cruces, New Mexico. They moved me very quickly from triage 
to the ER and then upstairs to the general hospital. And when my blood results came back, they immediately sent me down to the intensive care unit. At that point, I was barely moving. I was barely functioning. So I spent the afternoon and evening doing MRIs and CAT scans, EKGs, x-rays, multiple blood tests. Specialty doctors all came in to examine me, cardiologists, neurologists, cardiovascular, you know, nephrologists, infectious disease doctors. They all came in to examine me, and none of them could tell me what was going on. The way I physically felt, the one thing I did know with absolute certainty, my downward spiral had not stopped. My body was shutting down. Thursday came, and it was more of the same. Felt terrible, more testing, no answers. Finally, the following morning, the infectious disease doctor, Dr. O'Coley, he came in and he said, we know what's going on with you. You have a nasty blood infection called infectious endocarditis. And unfortunately, it is so bad, it has spread to your lower spine, it's in your neck, and it's on one of your heart valves. But he looked at me and he said, I know what antibiotic to fight it with now. He didn't say cure it. <laughs> he didn't say beat it. He said fight it. And I looked at him quizzically and he said, we'll see. Now to his credit, Dr. O'Coley, as did all the specialists, came in every day, seeing how I was doing. After three, four days, he comes in and he tells me, the blood tests have come back negative twice in a row. The antibiotic is starting to kill the infection. A great day for news indeed. Unfortunately, the infection had done so much damage internally, other things started to go wrong. One night I had a spontaneous bleed in my right hip. Unbelievable amount of pain. A day or so after that, I started internally bleeding and they couldn't find where. Put a unit of blood in me and the next day, my blood levels would be low again. After four days, they finally figured out I was bleeding in the spleen and they operated immediately that night. A couple days after that, I lost the ability to speak. A piece of the infection had come off my heart and had lodged in my brain. And believe it or not, more happened after this. All in all, it took 42 days in the hospital to fix everything that went wrong and to settle everything out before I was finally discharged and strong enough to go home. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Post-hospital, I had follow-up visits with each specialist. All of them admitted the same thing. They didn't think I was going to make it. Dr. O'Coley and I were talking about it, and I said to him, I guess I tiptoed up to the line of death. And he said, no, you crossed over it. 
but somehow you made it back. Was it miraculous? Absolutely. If you ever wanted to see a miracle what Jesus did with your own eyes, look no further, for that miracle is standing in front of you today. I crossed the line, and God put his hand on me and said, not yet, not your time. Amen? Now, the story, as does all life stories, yours and mine, we need to address where faith is and where God was in all this. So let me start with prayer. I know with absolute certainty I would not be here today if it were not for all the prayers that were said on my behalf. I was moved and touched every day by the grace given to me by prayerful support. From the depths of my soul, from the depths of my soul, I want to thank all of you who prayed for me and reached out with encouragement and support. One text I received said, we will charge the gates of heaven praying for your recovery. That came from Father Scott. Messages like that text and all the others provided light for me to find my way when it seemed I was surrounded in darkness. The power of prayer is tremendous. Tremendous when you unleash it. Unleash it in your life often. Unleash it in your life every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Next is how do we Christians... How are we supposed to address suffering? All of us have experienced suffering in life. It's the age-old question. Why do bad things happen to good people? For my 42 days in the hospital, and even the days after my release, it wasn't just the physical suffering. It was the mental and emotional fatigue that came with being in a hospital that long. It was an absolute grind every day. So there are two ways to deal with suffering in this world. Okay, the first is to suffer with faith in God. And the second is to suffer without faith in God. And the best example of this is in the Gospel of Luke. There are two criminals nailed to the cross that Friday along with Jesus. They all suffered. One cries out in anger and shows no remorse. But the other shows faith, and he asks Jesus to remember him. And Jesus replies, today you will be with me in paradise. Notice the suffering, it didn't stop. But the promise was eternal. If one suffers with weak or no faith, it is typically dealt with then by anger and bitterness and resentment and complaining. Everyone, faithful believer or complete atheist, everyone will have crosses to bear in this life. But faithful Christians, we have the comfort of knowing God and his love when those crosses come. At no point in my 42 days did I ever say, why me? 
I never looked at Jesus and said, what have I done to be treated like this? Because I knew the answer. Because Jesus would have answered me, and what had I done to be beaten endlessly and nailed to a cross? So instead, I reminded myself often that Jesus is walking with me every day, every minute, every step of the way. And I also told myself, yesterday's suffering, yesterday's pain is gone. It's over, it's past, let it go. Recognize this. When you carry a cross and you suffer with faith, you are walking in the very steps of Jesus. For he carried a cross and he suffered in faith. Suffering is not meaningless. It is intended for the sanctification of our souls. As crosses come up in your life, and they will, do not be afraid. Embrace suffering with faith and accept it. For if we endure, we have the promise of Jesus to be with him eternally. Think of it this way. Every cross you bear with faith is a step closer to Jesus and a step closer to paradise. And that is the one true goal of this life. Amen? Amen. And finally, we Christians, we have to look at what we are supposed to do when we are facing death. My first night in the ICU came, and I just laid there. Barely able to move. Hooked up to all sorts of IVs. Listening to all the monitors I was connected to. And oddly enough, as bad as I physically felt, I never slept for more than 10-15 minutes at a time. So I remember, I looked up at the clock, and it was 10 minutes after 2 a.m. And I wondered to myself, I wonder if I can make it to 3 a.m., I wonder if I can live another 50 minutes. And the answer that came back in my head was no. I think all your tomorrows have been used. You're probably not going to make it through the night. At that point, I prayed for my sons and their families. Then I confessed to God all my sins, and I asked for his divine forgiveness. And then I quoted God's own words found in Isaiah back to God. For Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let us set things right, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they may be white as snow. They may be crimson red, but they may be white as wool. And after that, I rested. My lamp was lit I was ready for the master to return that hour. But obviously I made it to 3 a.m. And I made it through the rest of the night. Now I offer this up not for praise. Not to say, look at me, I'm such a good Christian. Not at all. I offer it up as encouragement. All of us like to think we have tomorrows. And maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But I do know this. I walked up to that line between life and death. 
And someday, I'm going to do it again. So my encouragement is to be ready. I pray you do so. Live with your lamp lit, ready for the Master. Not because you're afraid, but for the opposite reasons. Do it because you are a believer filled with faith, filled with hope and certainty. Do not be afraid of that line between life and death. For fear of that will rot you away. Live gloriously for God, and he will raise you up when you cross that line. Amen? Work on your faith often. Never let your faith become weak or anemic. Your faith is under assault in this society right now. Christianity is under attack from many places. Never let that bend you. Work on your faith offering. Because when suffering comes and that line of life or death approaches, those of weak faith, they will break down and they will be overwhelmed. The casual Christian will collapse in the face of adversity. It is exactly at those times, though, that faith is needed. Walk prayerfully with God in all matters of your life. Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, Job, Peter, Stephen, they all walked with God. And in times of their trials, God was beside them, and he will be beside you also. Be unbending in your belief and faith in Jesus. Look to Jesus every day and say, you are the Christ. And say it like you mean it. Say it with certainty. Say it with conviction. Say it with all your heart and soul. You are the Christ. Then when crosses you must bear, gather in your life. Accept them. Press them to your heart. Carry those crosses in faith and carry them for Jesus. Keep the lamp lit at all times for the Master and live with no fear. The Risen One says, Blessed are they who wash their robes so as to have the right to the tree of life. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Yes, I am coming soon. Thank you, St. Cyril. May our heavenly God guide and protect you and your families all your days. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Amen.